0: What's this
1: about?
0: What's this
1: Tao all about? You're listening to What's this Tao all about? and welcome back to What's This Dow All About? I'm Todd Perry, and with me is the great Dr. Carl Totten, C. Joe. Howdy, howdy. We have a lot to get to today, and we're going to go over some listener mail because we've been getting a lot of that as the show huh. continues to grow in popularity. Uh, we're going to talk about getting back and reigniting your practice after maybe some time off or a traumatizing event such as I have suffered. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about Chapter 20 of the Tao Te Ching. But before we get into that, uh, Dr. Carl had a wonderful event here uh, in May and the Immortals Weekend here at the Taoist yes. Institute. So what happened? What did we learn? Uh, how, how is how is the Tao moving forward and returning?
0: <laughs> Good questions. Yeah, it was a great weekend. It was called an Immortals Weekend <laughs> because... It happened to be the birthdays of two of the immortals, one of them being Lu Dongbin, kind mm-hmm. of our progenitor uh, way back when, who we'll be discussing on next week's show. Yes. We're going to do a deep dive on Lu Dongbin <laughs> and and his teacher, also uh, Chung Li Chun. So the two of them that was their birthdays, and so I called it the Immortals' Weekend, kind nice. of you know moving off of their uh, their gravitas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I had. We had in the morning, we had a Qigong uh, seminar uh, taught by one of the abbots in our uh, order. Now, there's eight abbots, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And so uh, I had uh, like seven of them here that weekend, we had a great time. And one of them taught a Qigong workshop uh, in the morning. Okay. And then he had he's also a, a medical doctor, Doctor Tom McCombs. Okay. And he had herbs for sale, you know, that our teacher, you know, from China, you know, tended used to put together. And uh, and then afterwards I had a QA with all of the abbots. Wow. Yeah, each one kind of told their story a little bit. I kind of went around and then opened it up for questions from the audience. Right. So and it's all been recorded by the way too. It was filmed. And so we actually have that.
1: <laughs> so we're going to have... Uh, currently, I'm getting the audio soon, and we're going to, in a future show, maybe four shows down the line or whatever, we're going to cut together some of the clips of this and play it on Excellent. the show. Excellent. Which I, which I think will be really, really great, because how how often in this world can people hear... Daoist (laughs) Abbots. This is the
0: only place in town, kids. Yeah, that was a first. Yeah. Some of those Abbots hadn't seen each other for almost 40 years. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, so it, it was a great event. Of course, that night we went out to Chinatown and had a banquet. You gotta eat Chinese food when you have an event like an Immortal's weekend. Of course, weekend. of course. And then the next day, my Zen uh, master, Yohun Kim. Dude, there's video of him online. Yeah, I, I he came. saw him speaking, and uh, I, I was watching it one night on YouTube. In fact, you can see him speaking here. <laughs> yeah, and they they broke it into little clips. I think half a dozen little clips mm-hmm. where you can hear like you know 15 minutes of of him uh, elucidating about life. Mm-hmm. And he likes to talk about, you know, if you ask him, you know, I've asked him, other people have said, you know, uh, Master, you know, wh- what you're saying sounds almost like what Lao Tzu said. And and he'll go, no, 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 not almost the same. <laughs> right, right Or you it, what you're saying sounds almost like what, uh, uh, you know, Krishnamurti said or the Buddha said or whoever. He'll go, no, 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 not almost the same. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it was wonderful having him here. And he did a wonderful interaction with uh, the, with a large crowd of people. And again, the entire event was filmed. Wow, wonderful! So, uh, another one of my projects down the road is to actually do a, a book or, or something on him wow. because he's really remarkable. And um, and I've, I've been busy. Uh, in fact, I yes. showed you some of my books here that have just come out. We ha- we have a we have a couch full <laughs>
1: of your writing here on the. the in the studio in the studio in the temple here yes i've been busy so you just released the book on internal stress relief or stress release yes Uh, that's available on amazon yes it is correct and that's a book about
0: different practices to relieve yourself of stresses and Mm -hmm. it's written by myself and two uh, co-authors And we're all like internal martial arts and meditation teachers. And basically we put in what we know about dealing with stress from the position of psychology. That was my specialty from the position of Qigong and meditation and from diet and nutrition and exercise and just healthy living and life practices. I must say. It's a great book. <laughs> oh, great, great, great. And then we have two
1: more uh, mar- uh martial arts Kiguong and Taoist Kiguong and these are these are both available on Amazon as well or what? No,
0: it? not yeah, they're only right now they're only available here. Yeah. And I, I need to cuz I these are just things I just put together mainly for my students. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say don't trust your memory, trust your notebook. And so what I hmm. did was I put down all the qigong I teach in these two books okay. so that my students can refresh their memories. And it's stored for posterity, right. in case I forget.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, someone can unearth it decades from now. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah, so I have to figure out how to make this. I mean, it's available here through me. People yeah. can write for it, but it's not up on the website yet, but I need to get it up there. Yeah. And then finally, I
1: guess we this there's a slow evolving project that uh, Doctor Totten and I have been working on on taking this podcast and putting it into a a book form. Yes, and it's in its very rudimentary stages, but hopefully down the line we'll have that available so you guys can have it in your car. In your pocket, and you can just pick out, <laughs> you know, some of the conversations we're having, and then there's going to be input by some of
0: the Taoist abbots as well. Yes, in fact, I actually have received three inputs about what's this Tao all about from three of the abbots already. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So
1: previews of coming attractions. So things things are moving forward here, and now uh, here's the deal. So recently, uh, we took a couple weeks off from the show because I had a baby. Yay. Yay! That's <laughs> uh, six weeks old. So wow. what happens is, uh, leading up to the child being born, I was working from home. I had all this time alone where I would meditate and I would read the Tao. And I felt like my spirituality and my practice and my head, my mind was doing... I was, It felt like I was in a very good head space and was feeling spiritual and connected with things and <laughs> was feel, really feeling good. Then the baby came, and the amount of stress, you know, emotional, psychological stress, everything kind of goes through the roof, and you don't sleep well, Mm. and you've got this baby that you are trying to pour your heart out and love while he is screaming in your face and waking you up and gurgling. And uh, basically, you know, also you have to reconfigure your entire life went from you know, being about yourself and your family or whatever. I'm number three on the totem pole now (laughs) after mommy and baby. So it's been a, you know, a situation where now it's been, you know, six weeks starting to see the light on the horizon Mm. and reformulating a new life. But I was like, I noticed that because I had not been meditating, that my mind went back to pre getting into that practice you know uh headspace it's, it's not like i'm walking around feeling horrible it's just i notice that things get to me now they didn't get to me yes. before i you know everything was water off a duck's back at a certain level i think mm-hmm. i was getting to uh, which was a nice feeling of detachment. And now I'm kind of back into it. Or maybe you have petty thoughts or
0: people get on your nerves. You get a little more argumentative. The infamous monkey mind.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. And, and now I ruminate on things where previously I would... Why am I thinking about that and just move off it? Yes. Now uh, I've, I'm becoming a little more of a slave to my mind. So, but And also I know many people listening to this show are probably people that looked to find this show because they wanted to reinvigorate some kind of practice or start a practice. But So how would you recommend a guy like me? Oh, one more caveat. Also, I've found that because I'm not sleeping as well, because you're waking up and feeding the baby and everything, that I have a hard time meditating if I'm tired. Hmm. My brain just doesn't, you know, you don't, you're not working on full power, mm-hmm. and meditation requires full concentration, mm-hmm. full presence, so hmm. uh, I have a harder time meditating.
0: That by the way is an ancient problem.
1: <laughs> okay, good. This isn't a but, now thing. Yeah, the
0: Bohidharma, right. you know, kind of the founder at the uh, at the old Shaolin Temple huh? of uh, many of our ancient qigong and meditative practices, mm-hmm. in fact he's the founder of Chan or Zen Buddhism. Yes, yes. One of the things that led him to actually establish this new way of, of practice was the monks falling asleep during meditation. Oh. Wow. <laughs> and so this is an old practice. We're talking about going back 1500 years. Wow. See, so you're not the first. Okay, good. To fall asleep, to get sleepy, and tired while you're meditating. Right. Because at the temple, of course, they meditated for hours and hours. Oh, yeah. And they just doze off, you right. know. <laughs> so they were not in Full, full present awareness that he was trying to teach. Right. And so one of the things that he did was actually give them not only the static meditation where they just sat for, you know, 12 hours a day or something, but he actually got them up. Uh, Qigong, moving and breathing and walking around because he felt that meditation shouldn't be something that's separate from the rest of life. Right. And so what do you do during when you're living? You move, you walk, you talk, you eat, you do lots of things. And every part of what we're doing, we should be fully conscious and aware. Mm -hmm. And so he built into meditative practice the ability to be fully engaged in life activities while in a state of meditation. Mm -hmm. And so you take the skills and tools that you have for meditation and apply it to your daily life by doing what? Controlling and modulating your breath, mm-hmm. watching your breath, watching your mind, watching your eyes, coordinating the above with your, mo- with your motion, with your movement, so that life itself becomes the teacher. And mm-hmm. meditation isn't something that you do. Meditation is who you are uh-huh. and are in the process of becoming. And it's a tool to help sharpen that relationship between you and... And yourself, your whole self, not just your monkey mind that's mm-hmm. chattering away. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the ego, really. Yeah. You know, trying to preserve itself. But that can cause us problems. Yes. It's good for some things. You can't live without it unless you're really good. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you're an immortal, you can live without it. Right. But while you're here in the three dimensional earth space, uh, we actually need it.
1: So it's almost the point of transitioning between the ego and when you can put the ego aside which become i i feel you get a lot better at that once you've become better at meditation yes. it allows you to set the again set the ego aside which when you are now number 3 on the totem pole of life <laughs> that you you need to set that sucker aside or you will be
0: unhappy yes. and and you need some specific skills to do that you can't just say oh, i'm going to do that and, and, no. and you do it. No. If it. If it were that easy, everybody would do it. Right. But it's not that easy. In fact, I t- last weekend, I taught a four-day class specifically on how to do that. I'm talking about from nine to six, four days in a row. Wow. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, it's called uh, Awakening the Illuminated Heart. Yes, yes. And, from, and my my website is com uh-huh. that talks about that. And it's how to get out of your head and into your heart and into a state of unity Between your heart and your pineal gland, you know where most people are thinking, and then how to open your third eye, Mm -hmm. and then how to live and create from this centered and connected and balanced heart space. But it takes it 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 takes you know four four days of training to get there. Wow! But it's great. It's a great class. I'll be Mm -hmm. teaching that again, I think, in November. Oh, nice. Okay. and, and let me give you another some other thing, too. Um, you know, Tao, much of Taoism is about being one with what? Nature. Nature, yes. And so what better way than to regain your alignment with nature? Go out into nature. Yes. <laughs> you know, no matter where you live, you can probably find a nice park or hopefully not too far away a forest or a desert or water by the ocean or garden. And then what you want to do is to put your bare feet and hands right on Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. Nothing really replaces that. Right. Uh, there, there's something we get from that that uh, just helps to realign us in really powerful ways mm-hmm. with the Tao, right. with the Earth, our Mother. Right. And when we do that, then... We, we we it it brings us back into a position of being able to rest and feel relaxed for a change. Mm-hmm. Because as long as your monkey mind is chattering away and you you have no rest in your mind or or body or spirit or energetic field, uh, you're agitated a little right. bit. Yeah, and it's hard to. Feel like you're getting in alignment with the Tao when you're feeling nothing but agitation. Yes, no, that's the number one, you know, barrier. <laughs> and 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 if you can't get a, anytime, you can't. By the way, go out, you know, side somewhere and find a nice nature spot. Then you should do. You should recreate that scene in your mind. Mm-hmm. That should be your meditation. I in fact, I suggest that everybody, at some point near the beginning of their meditation just take a few breaths close your eyes and imagine that you are in fact in your favorite spot in all of nature it could be a place you've actually gone to or a place you've seen in magazines a place maybe you always wanted to get to yeah you know maybe a beautiful island maybe you're on maui and you're by the waterfall yeah and the mist is coming up and the birds are singing and you just are feeling so wonderful you can smell the plumeria (laughs) yes and just put yourself there and experience it as if it is real because you know something your brain is going to be firing as if you were actually there right it can't tell the difference between what you imagine strongly and what's actually happening that's why the buddha said so many years ago 2500 years ago you you are what you think yes. with your thoughts you make the world he's right don't yeah. argue with the Buddha. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: right. No, that's I try to reflect on that from time to time. that's it, you know, that's all. It's all there, just right in the head.
0: So there's things that we can do to yes. help ourselves once we, uh, you know, get off off track a bit, mm-hmm. because that's part of being human, is getting off track. But the wise human knows how to get back on.
1: Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like uh, it's like something Alan Watts would say. Like the universe is a continual on and off switch yes right (laughs) and that you know sometimes we're on our practice and not even just flowing with it and everything's great then we're off and then we're on and then when you're on you
0: appreciate it because you know (laughs) what it's like to have been off exactly correct and and i tell my clients and students that you should use getting off track feeling annoyed frustrated angry depressed sad you know whatever it is you, you need to start turning that into a trigger to get back to your practice. Right. Whereas most people, of course, don't do that. They just kind of go down that uh, crooked path. You wallow and they, <laughs> in it. Yeah, because they get caught up in it. Yeah. Uh, but, that should, but what you want to do is to t- train yourself that as soon as you get off, uh-oh, I'm off, let me get back on. Right. Get back on the bus. Right. <laughs> the, the bus to the Dow. To the Dow. The magic the bus. The magic bus. <laughs> the is, the magic bus. <laughs> who would say?
1: All right. So let's move on here. Uh, one of the great things about this show has been moving and progressing is that we're getting a lot of emails from listeners. And so it's a great, you know, gives us a great perspective on the show and figure out how we can help people directly. Uh, Through doing this. So again, uh, we've got an email on our website. You can just pop over there and we can get to it. We'll try to get to as many emails as we can. Uh, Let's see here. But we have a lady named Anita has emailed us and said, uh, first off, let me preface by saying I'm a huge fan of your podcast. And I love that you and Dr. Carl Totten are doing your best to provide a greater good for the people. I read the Tao of Pooh and I needed to learn more about Taoism and happily stumbled upon your podcast. So, uh, good. Well, that's exactly how I found the Tao, and I think many people do, is that entryway through that uh, beautiful book. Um, And she said, uh, let's see. So, the real reason I wrote this email is to hopefully answer two questions I had while listening to the podcast. I'll jump right into them. So, I'll read the first one. We can discuss that, and then I'll get on to the second one. Uh, How do you not let your ego get in the way if you know that you are clearly right and the other person isn't using facts to base to back up their argument? For me, it's difficult to back down from arguments when others aren't using the facts or are believing lies. This results in me being stressed out and no solution being reached. Uh, And for, you know, for reference, see Donald Trump and supporters. Ha! It's half being right, my damn ego, and half wanting other people to know the truth, but it reaches a point where nothing you say will change things. Do you give up still hope, or do you think that you can wake people up?
0: Want me to answer that?
1: Well, okay. I, I, well, okay. Let me let me start off real quick. I have a, I have a quote from the Tao here. <laughs> okay. In chapter 81, uh, Lao Tzu yes. says, those who argue, those who are good do not debate. Those who debate, who debate are not good. <laughs>
0: so, Dr. Carl, with that yeah. on our mind. And those who speak do not know. Those who know do not, not speak. speak. Yes. <laughs> I know it well. Well, first of all, of course, I want to thank Anita for listening and for her very thoughtful questions. And regarding this first question, I, I just recently shared on Facebook <laughs> this. You know, I, I said... You know, be selective in your battles. Sometimes peace is better than being right. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> you know everybody has their own mind, their own opinions, and um you know, many people have many reasons for believing and thinking the way that they do. Many of those things are nominally out of their hands out of their control until of course they are willing to accept control and responsibility which takes conscious effort and thought and so if you're trying to change the mind of someone who has not decided that they want to change their mind by becoming more open and more thoughtful and more uh, reasonable and working on themselves good luck with that Right? All you're going to really get is a fight, <laughs> yeah. and see now that may be satisfying to the ego, trying to convince other people that you're right, but it doesn't lead to again that state I said of peace. It doesn't necessarily lead to more mutual understanding. Uh, it often re- results in people becoming more hardened in their in their previously held positions. Yeah.
1: And so I think there's actually psychological studies that show whether whether it becomes especially politics and religion when people even if they are proven factually incorrect, if you yes. show them like Snopes or Politifact <laughs> politi- or yes. a scientific study, they will actually dig in and believe their position <laughs> more so, yeah. even when proven wrong. Yeah, amazing! It's isn't an it? <laughs> incredible. Like the way the mind is set up, and then also we, there was a thing we had in. Advertising, where this always struck me, but it was more true than anything is people believe things because they have reasons to want to believe them, yes. not reason or logic to believe them, but, but they have a reason, something that fulfills something inside of them to accept the position yes. And many, many, many people's beliefs and worldviews are based on that exactly and not on logic. Exactly. And so combating that, and you can't, ra- you can't logic someone out of a position they never logic themselves into in the first place.
0: No. I also, I also often tell people, you know, never try to understand something that's completely illogical. By definition, it cannot be understood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll right. drive yourself nuts. Right. The only thing you can do is realize, you know, this, this doesn't make sense, and just leave it at that. Right. You know, just let it go. You know, my teacher always said, Daoist way, not forced. Daoist way, not forced. Because we cannot force these ideas and this level of understanding on people. We, they're going to resist it. Just Their brain forces them to resist it until they themselves decide that, you know, my, my life isn't really working with the way I have been handling myself, thinking and conducting my reality. Maybe I need to change. Mm-hmm. Now, at that moment, all bets are off and everything can change at that moment. My Zen master, the one that was here a few weeks ago during the Immortals weekend, you know, he, he always says, you want to know what your life's going to be like in the next 10 years? Take a look at the way it's been the last 10 years. Right. It is going to be exactly the same. Unless, of course, you change. Right. And then everything can be different. Ultimately, you want every second to be different. You want to be fully present in every moment. As the dow- as dial flows, mm-hmm. <laughs> as the clock is ticking, uh, every beat is a new moment in the this universe's reality. But most of us, of course, don't see that because we're stuck in the past. Right. And so... The Tao, I think, is a opens a space for us to move into that present moment by attending to it mindfully. And that's where, again, all of these Taoist meditative practices are come into play, learning how to be mindful in every present moment. That is mm-hmm. the way and nature of the Tao. Mm-hmm. And I, I
1: found that, uh, so, you know, the, the, the shorthand answer is, you know, Facebook, social media, things like that. Or, you know, you're, again, you're not going to change anyone's mind, most likely, through arguing through these no. things, and you're going to just create dis- disharmony. Uh, but eventually, in this world, it is our job that when we find injustice to stand up for
0: it in a and, certain way. And you know what I said? Another thing I said to Anita, I said, the, the best way is by becoming an example yourself of balanced, harmonious living. And so people will see that, you, they'll relate to you differently, and without trying to change anything, you'll change everything. <laughs> and also,
1: you know, if if you know if you are passionate about a political cause and stuff that maybe I guess obviously working for the cause or hoping to expand the cause will probably do yes. much more so than Absolutely. fighting Wasting, you know, wasting one's energy fighting with one single human mm-hmm. being. Um, yes. And
0: whatever a person is called in their heart to do, they obviously should go do that because now yeah. they're being uh, congruent with their deepest strivings. And that's very important. Yeah. And so whatever cause that you feel that there, there, there's plenty, and there's plenty to find out there. Oh, yes. There's a lot of injustice in this world. Yeah. And they need uh, kind of uh, spiritual soldiers to stand up for right. them. But, you know, I found that if I disagree with somebody
1: and I do want to engage them on something, I found one technique that is very uh, good, and that's to ask people questions. Instead of you saying, if you know, say Dr. Carl saying, we need to spend $30 billion building a wall between the U.S. and Mexico, I would say, Dr. Carl, why do you feel we need to build a $30 billion wall between the U.S.? And then you, you'll find as... People unpack their own views. Mm -hmm. You either find that, A, they are not very well informed about what they're talking (laughs) about, or B you will find that the more that they can talk about how they feel to you, because mm-hmm. that's why the guy, maybe the angry Trump supporter, is posting Trump stuff on there, because maybe he wants to change people's minds. He, maybe he wants to have a conversation. He wants to unpack some way he's feeling or whatever. So you, 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 if, the, if you ask people questions, yes. you can engage someone in a conversation much more civil. And you know, why do you think that? Why do you think that will help? Why do you can kind of go down yes. the line and you'll find that when you really get down to it, m- most people are, even though their solutions may be wrong mm-hmm. or evil or ill-informed mm-hmm. or racist or all these terrible things, <laughs> on some level they think they're doing right.
0: Yeah, they're they're, they're trying to you make know, their reality better. Now, th- again, they may be completely off in how they perceive much of their reality. Yes. and And there are things kind of behind the curtain, if you will, that are actually contributing to their negative reality yes. that they don't see, you know, from the military industrial complex or wherever. Yeah. But the solutions are that, as particularly the ones that politicians offer, are based on narrow Emotionality. Yeah, they they draw upon that because they know that's a great way to get people to be passionate about some cause and vote for them. Right. <laughs> yeah. They know this. They're not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> they, they may be evil and right. and uh, and obnoxious and narcissistic, but they're not. St- most of them aren't that stupid. They, they know at least enough to, uh, how to get your vote. <laughs> right. Right. So uh, uh, and uh, and so uh living uh, being a great example uh, of course is is always the a, a great way uh to and try to change the the way people are thinking
1: yeah. you uh,
0: embody it and then she had one more question
1: and it was about I got it here, I got it here. Okay. And the second part is, if you're a Taoist, should you be anything but a vegan? I think one of the most important and beneficial aspects about Taoism is that you reach a state of enlightenment. That means you should know how corrupt the meat and dairy industry is in the U.S. and how can one support this industry who is Taoist? There are numerous food documentaries on Netflix in case someone is not aware. Uh, thanks again for what you do, and it's Anita. So, yeah, that is a big question because I think it's safe to say that when you kind of eat meat, you are, the animal suffers. And at some level, the entire industry, I don't think it's any surprise to anybody that the animals do suffer through this industry. And I, after kind of awakening myself up to that, have become a very guilty meat eater (laughs) that for a while I tried to give it up and, you know, you have to supplement yourself and really change Mm -hmm. things if you're going to do that. And I just ended up being miserable Like, you know, because I didn't do it right. And then I went back and, you know, to eating meat. So I I, I am a meat eater, but a guilty one. Mm. Um, And I went to a Taoist temple in um, El Monte Mm -hmm. where that was vegetarian. So after Mm -hmm. they would serve vegetarian meals and they had the best potato salad (laughs) I had (laughs) ever eaten. The Taoist potato salad (laughs) is really like huge. No, but (laughs) so I, you know, I, I, Definitely see her point. So, Dr. Carl, what are your
0: thoughts on this? That is a more challenging question for many reasons. You know, obviously, surely being natural and allowing other beings to live and kind of live and let live obviously is a righteous way of existing, one would think. And these days, of course, it's possible to have meat products that are raised organically and treated well, although it still begs the question somewhat. Now, of course, Taoists don't have a rigid set of rules that say thou shalt and thou shalt not do some things like other religions. And each individual is, you know, freer to define what is natural for them. And for vegetarians, ultimately, this becomes even more difficult when you realize another point, which is this. All things, including plants, flowers, trees, are alive. They all have consciousness they all feel and react to pain. They all have emotions. Everything that is in existence and is alive. So, unless you are an immortal who can survive on do and air, <laughs> there's going to be no way to avoid this. So, and I recommend that people see the original book that kind of exposed the research on this topic. Um, The uh, Secret Life of Plants by Peter Tompkins, an amazing book. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, that's amazing a Amazing book. Yeah. Oh, that will open your eyes. All the scientific studies, that show even at a distance, you just think a negative thought about a plant, that you're going to eat it or something, and it actually starts to cringe and show signs of anxiety. Wow. <laughs> you know, even at a distance, it can read your mind. And so if everything is alive, What are you going to do? Hmm. Mm. Cannibalism. Oh, wait, no. (laughs) We we didn't say that. The first Taoist school of cannibalism. We'd start that. So I I said to Anita, I said, uh, all things in nature exist in a sort of balanced harmony, moving into and out of material existence and out of life. It's a completely natural process. And then if you go to a natural woods or forest, the plants, the insects, the animals, they're all surviving off of each other all of the time. You know, death is a natural part of life. So a person striving for balance has to discover, you know, what they're comfortable with and go with that. For some, that will mean a vegan diet. For others, perhaps not. But remember, everything is alive that you put in your mouth on this earth. And in this dimensional space, that is simply the way it is. Now, perhaps much later in the evolution of our species, we will move towards the immortals diet that I mentioned earlier. And um, I I remember everything in the universe ultimately is pure energy. Taoists Mm -hmm. have known that forever. They say that the, the universe is a sea of chi. Right now we have to eat things that then convert into life energy that sustains our life. I believe that once we evolve beyond Homo sapiens to whatever is next. And I think that we'll become more uh, pure energetic beings, perhaps even without a body someday, and then we can just live off of the energy of the universe itself. Wow. Uh, It will be the creator and the transformer of reality directly through pure energy. And that's what's coming, but we're not there yet. (laughs)
1: <laughs> on, on the road to it. On the road to the Great Dow.
0: What
1: was it What uh, was it? Woody Allen once said that, you know, essentially nature is a big restaurant. <laughs> the line. Uh, let's see here. I love Woody. Oh, yeah. What do, what do we have time for? What do we have time for? Uh, uh, you know what? We are going to... Uh, call this a show right here and we'll be back on the next we'll get to chapter 20 on the next episode okay um that's a
0: that's a big chapter
1: (laughs) that is that is very important so that's worth 20 minutes of talking so uh i'd like to thank dr carl totten thank you it's been fun thank you my name is todd perry we'll be back on the next episode of what's this dow all about